0: thankful that you are our comfort god that no matter what is going on that you are there helping us god i pray that right now as we open up your word that you help us to hear what you want us to hear i think about jesus you are the good shepherd that always guides us through mountains and valleys, and you do so by your powerful word. Thank you that we get to open up the scriptures right now and hear from you. I pray we don't hear anything that's apart from what you want. And I pray that we would apply it because you are our King and our Lord. We love you. Amen. 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 We're going to continue our Sermon on the Mount series, and uh, it's entitled In Atlanta. As it is in heaven, looking at the teachings of Jesus is such an amazing thing. And this particular point in the series is actually a sub-series that Michael Burns started last week because there's these three passages that kind of flow from the same vein, the same line of thinking, uh, having a private victory before you can have any kind of a public victory. And so there's these three elements, giving to the needy, prayer, and fasting, uh, that in that day and age, and even still today, can be a very public thing. But Jesus is like, it starts right in here. It starts between us and God. And so today we're going to look at prayer. Uh, I'm going to share some things that have been helpful for me in understanding this passage. And then we're going to do a lot of praying. Uh, I feel like that makes sense. If we're going to talk about prayer. Let's put it into practice. So let's go ahead and read the passage. This is Matthew 6 and verse 5. And when you pray, do not be and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. It's very intense, hard hitting teaching from Jesus. And we're gonna talk about forgiveness, but let's start at the beginning and break down a couple of things. So this word hypocrites, right? We, we heard it last week. We'll hear it today and next week. Uh, this is a word that we use in modern English, right? Um, and it's, you know, usually we're talking about someone who says one thing and does another. They don't practice what they preach. Someone will be like, honestly, this is one of the biggest critiques of Christianity today, is the hypocrisy in Christianity. Someone says, like, oh, I follow Jesus, then you see them doing something they shouldn't be doing, like they're up in the club, or they're, you know, they're, they're gossiping, or they're lying, or they're like, you shouldn't yell at your kids, and then, like, we yell at our kids, oh, my gosh. And it was like, hey, that's hypocritical, all right? Like, why you gotta be like that? Don't be a hypocrite. Like, that's usually how we use it, and, you know, rightly so. We need to back up our life of following Jesus with our actions and not just talk about it, right? But Jesus here, it's interesting because this word hypocrite is taken directly from the Greek word uh, hypokrites, which literally means an actor on a stage. We know from history and archaeology that the Greeks had this very well-developed cultural practice of theater, drama, tragedies, and comedies, and uh, a lot of these amazing theaters are still well-preserved today. I think many of us have been over there and have seen some of these places, um, and so we know that you know, this culture spread all throughout the Mediterranean region, including where Jesus is, is preaching and teaching at this time. And so people understood when Jesus said hypocrite, he was talking about someone who's trying to put on a show. And so in this moment, he's not necessarily saying, like, you got to practice what you preach, although he says that in other places. Right now he's saying, look, you can, you can preach something and you can do it, but you're still a hypocrite. Because if you're doing it to put on a show, if you're doing it for appearances, then you've missed the whole point. And so what Jesus is saying is like, look, the reward that you're going to get from doing that in prayer is just the person that you're trying to impress going, oh, wow, you're so spiritual. Like, oh, man, that, that prayer, like, just woo, really got me. Like, good job. And then, and then it's like, oh, that feels good, you know? But, like, this act of prayer where we're actually beseeching God, communicating with God, is supposed to be between us and God, but we're not going to get anything from God if we pray like that. And again, public prayer is not bad. We see Jesus praying publicly. We see the disciples praying publicly throughout the New Testament. That's part of it. But he's like, whether it's in private or in public, if you're doing it for other people and God is not your ultimate audience... It's completely pointless, except the little good feeling that someone says, oh, wow, you're so spiritual. Good job. It's like, that's not the point. And honestly, it's very ironic that I'm standing on a stage right now. <laughs> and it, and it kind of it looks, you know, the, if you look at the auditorium, it's kind of maybe designed because of the Greek influence on the Western culture, right? And so if, if you were here last week, if you were here today, you heard me pray publicly. And so I constantly have to check myself, why am I doing this? Is God my ultimate audience? Or am I trying to impress other people? Even as I'm speaking, am I doing this so someone says, good job later? And, and the devil constantly tries to get me, and probably I'm not alone in this, to be about appearances, and be about getting that feedback from other people. I am merely here as a fellow follower of Jesus trying to help us understand prayer. Jesus really needs to be doing most of the preaching today, amen? amen. And so we need to constantly be checking ourselves. And a good friend of mine, Chris Haddock, uh, many of you know him, pointed out this, this phrase to me, quorum Deo, it's, it's from Christian theology taken from this line in Psalm 56. It's a Latin phrase that really summarizes the idea that we as Christians are living in the presence under the authority and for the honor and glory of God, that that sums up what our life is about. Because as Christians, we do a lot of things in public. and You can't be a Christian alone. We talked about that before. you got to be in community. It, it's, it's interacting with other people. That's what a lot of what we do is. But Jesus is saying, if you're doing it merely for other people, and it's not for God. Like, it's, that's not what it's about. And we constantly need to be checking ourselves in all of this. Because, again, the, the communal aspect is important. But who is our ultimate audience? Let's continue to keep that in mind. So Jesus invites us into what's called the Lord's Prayer. And one thing that, that hits you right off the bat is it is a very communal concept. That it's our Father. It's not my father, it's not your father. You ever, if you have like a sibling and they say like, oh, I talked to my mom, and you'd be like, what do you mean your mom? <laughs> like, that's our mom. You know, that's offensive to me if you do that. Um, and so it, like, this is what Jesus is inviting us into this type of prayer. And this, this idea, just a couple of things on, on some of these lines, hallowed be your name. We don't say hallowed very much, but another way you could say it is let your name be honored let your name be honored as holy. That's the appeal. That your kingdom come. Remember, we talked about this when we introduced our series, that the kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God. That I, that we, would be under the authority and direction of the king. That that is our prayer. That in our life, we're living out his will. In the lives of our community, that's what we're about. And just as in heaven, on earth as well. It makes me think of the Garden of Eden. It makes me think of heaven and earth overlapping, that we're trying to allow his kingdom, his heavenly kingdom, to be right here among us in our communities, in our families, in our neighborhoods, etc. And then it's interesting, give us today our daily bread is the only kind of supplication or request in the prayer in a lot of ways. Obviously, we're gonna read later in the Sermon on the Mount that asking God for things is a, is a really great thing, really important thing. But in this moment, the posture of this is, God, just give me what I need. You know, the Israelites were given manna in the wilderness for that day. You know what I mean? It was each day. And if they took more, they're trying to, like, I need more. It's like, no, that didn't work like that. Like, it seems to be calling back to this idea of, God, just, just give me what, we, what I need. You know what I mean? And, and then, you know, I think about how Jesus... He, uh, he lives out, forgive us our debts as we've forgiven our debtors so much. Was Jesus not all about forgiveness? You know, Marty Solomon points out in the Baymah podcast that a lot of the elements of the Lord's prayer were common in Jewish prayers of the time, except for this line, this line of forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. This is something that Jesus is introducing that's kind of a new thing. And I think it makes a lot of sense why he then follows the prayer with this teaching about forgiveness. That if we don't forgive each other, we can't have a relationship with God. Think about the weight of that reality. And it doesn't even say if you forgive your brothers and sisters, it just says other people. I mean, this is everybody who will ever do anything wrong against you. If we're not willing to forgive, then we have no part with God. That I mean, we need to take some time and meditate on that. Is there someone that you're not forgiving in this moment? Something from very recently, something from a long time ago? Here's the thing. There's a lot of varying degrees of wrongness, right? I mean, if someone like, disrespects you, that's one thing. If someone abuses you, that's a whole other thing. And I think it's important to understand what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not condoning sin. Forgiveness is not accepting sin or treating it like it's no big deal. And forgiveness is not further subjecting yourself to abuse. But forgiveness is something that happens in here. And whether or not you can remain in community with someone Or in many cases, we can reconcile, and we should strive to. Sometimes, if the other person is not willing, reconciliation is not possible. But what happens in here, regardless of all of that, is what Jesus is getting at, the forgiving from our heart. And is it not true that a lack of forgiveness is the quickest thing to destroy any community? If you're in any relationship with someone, you know if you're not willing to forgive that person, that relationship is going to fail. It's just a matter of time. If you're dating and you haven't experienced that, wait till you're engaged. If you're engaged, and you haven't experienced that, Wait till you're married. If you don't have kids, haven't experienced that, Wait till you have kids. I mean, no matter what the life stage, and the older you get, the more you need to forgive. You know what I mean? And so this is the kind of process that Jesus is inviting us into, and did not, didn't he model it just amazingly in his life? I mean, how can we not follow Jesus and imitate his spirit of forgiveness? And so I want us to really think about that. So those are just some thoughts on the Lord's Prayer that hopefully are are helpful for us. Right now, we are going to put this into practice, all right? And I'd like for us to kind of feel these two elements of prayer that Jesus talks about. Jesus talks about the individual, the, the secretive, right? Obviously, we're in a room together. We're all gonna know that we're praying. I do think that praying alone, us and God, needs to be a major part of our relationship with God. I think Jesus is teaching us that, as well as the communal. But what we're gonna do for a few minutes is just take some time to silently pray the Lord's Prayer to just you and God. And I'm putting, putting this up here. If there's a particular line that resonates with you in this moment. Maybe expand on that as you pray. Take your time with it. You know, you pray this prayer, you know, many different days, different lines hit you depending on the day right, and so just take time, I invite us to do that, and I put this, uh, this last line, which is not in the scripture that we talked about, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, Douglas Jacoby talks about this in his teaching, that uh, some of the later manuscripts have this phrase, and it seems to be a common practice in the early church, so it's very possible that as Jesus was teaching this in different settings, that maybe he taught this as well, either way, it's a really good thing to pray, Right? Yours is the kingdom, so feel free to do that as well. Um, So we'll take a few minutes, and let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Actually, individually, and then we'll have a communal time of prayer later.